Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Struggling with debt? Bills? Loans? Credit cards? Need a way out? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt matters. This is Kevin Cassis for IFL TV and Association with MTK Global. It's Tuesday, the 15th of September. Joined by a very fresh looking Eddie Hurley. Really? I think it's the white shirt. Yeah, probably. probably. Shout out Tom Sweeney. Um, I'm good, mate. It's been a while, hasn't it? Or not? I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. So, I'm actually glad I didn't come in yesterday because that right. would have been pointless. Well, why? Oh, well, yeah. Because you've just announced... A couple uh, of shows, yeah. Your, your autumn schedule. Well, not really. I mean, I actually said this is the autumn schedule. There's actually potential for an October 31st show. There's going to be a November the 14th show. There could be a November 28th show and there's AJ to announce. So, yeah, I mean, plus we've got three, three cards to announce in America probably this week. So, you know what I mean? It's a little, just a little cheeky and uh, the rest will be coming shortly. A little bit of foreplay. Oh, well, you've got to lower the tone, haven't you? But a little bit we've of foreplay. We've moved on from that. You know, you, you can't, you know. Okay. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Um, Right, let's start with the rematch. Mm. The rematch. Nine weeks this Saturday. Um, 21st of November. Mm -hmm. Questions, obviously. Mm -hmm. Where? Good question. I think the first thing we should say about this whole schedule is, and you know, some of these big fights as well, particularly White Povetkin 2, Povetkin White 2, and AJ Pulev, etc. We're going ahead with these shows, fans or no fans. Because we've basically got no choice, right? There's no way when we can wait and fighters can wait and we've got to find a way together with fighters to move forward, to keep the momentum of the sport, to keep putting on big fights. Um, So everything that we announce, and that would be the same if we get Usyk Jezora over the line, when we get Pulev AJ over the line, 
fans or no fans, these fights go ahead. Okay, so just want to make that clear. Where they take place will depend on whether we can safely bring back fans into the arena. Tomorrow, we hope for a decision from the government to start bringing fans back in a test capacity for the Joshua Boatsy card on Sunday, October the 4th and the Newcastle card on Saturday, October the 17th. From there, we hope that those numbers can expand to the White Pavetkin card, which could take place at Royal Albert Hall, or Wembley Arena, or other places we're looking at, and ultimately to the AJ Kubrat Pulev card, December 12th at the O2 Arena. So if we can have fans back in, we will be moving back into arenas if we aren't allowed fans back in, we will be creating something cheeky and we will be creating something different to um, what you've seen in studios, etc., etc. But ultimately, this is supposed to be phase two of the comeback, which is bringing fans back into the arena. Okay, so let's start with the first show back. Mm -hmm. Say back like post fight camp yeah fourth Sunday the fourth well we've got uh, yeah the week before is Saturday 26th yes world boxing super series final unification fight Brady's daughter because fucking just brutality in that fight shout out to Cali Sowland shout out to the world boxing super series live on Sky Sports live on The Zone in America as well great fight for us we return I wanted to try Sundays because we're not necessarily at the moment driven by having to create the best date for the fan in the arena, which is always gonna be a Saturday night. So I thought to myself, and I've been talking to Sky a long time about this, the Sunday boxing work, right? So I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to you, my peoples. After football, maybe this is just me, right? But after football, on a Sunday afternoon, I won't lie. I'm a little bit horny for some live sport. So, how do you feel about a fight night following on from the Sunday game? So, on Sunday, there's some good games. I think one might be um, Man United against Spurs or something like that on the uh, October the 4th. So, we're going to follow. It's great news for Boatsy because it's a huge audience going to be incoming for the fight. We're not so dependent at the moment on Everyone wants to go out and watch live boxing on Saturday night. So, from 7pm to 11pm, you can watch your live boxing. Going to be interesting to see that how that transpires. Great, great card. Joshua Boatsy returns over a year out of the ring, worryingly, against Marco Kalic, who's 12-0, Croatian, very good fighter, good amateur, actually beat the Savage in, uh, in the national finals twice. It's quite funny, actually, just while we're here. The Savage is a fucking legend, isn't it? So, I wanted, when we come back with um, Boatsy, I wanted to give him a test, right? But also understanding he'd been out of the ring for a year, so he's not going to be fighting, I don't know, Sullivan, Barrera, these guys, that comes next, right? But I wanted a proper fight. Got offered some guys with a better box rec that probably could have, you know, got a bit more credibility. But I wanted someone who was tough, had a good pedigree and was coming to win. So we found this kid, Marco Kalic, who's a pro, you know, written to us, his manager wrote in and said, we want to fight Boatsy. So I saw that he was Croatian. So I thought, who else do I know is Croatian? The Savage. 
So I've texted the savage, right? Savage. Hope all is good, my man. Listen, can this Marco Kalic fight? I was going to put him in Boatsy, but I need a strong fight. He's replied, Eddie Hearn, spelled wrong. This day just keeps getting better. I'm great, thanks. Kalic has been boxing since he was six years old. He beat me twice in the national finals and also came fifth in the Aiba World Championships. He can really fight for sure. He ain't no walkover. So I was like, bosh, done. Marco Kalic, you're the guy. Joshua Boatsy against Marco Kalic. Beneath that, Chantel Cameron gets her shot at the WBC world title. As you know, Jessica McCaskill won the welterweight version of the championship. She had to vacate the belt at 140. Chantel Cameron is the mandatory. The WBC said she can fight the WBC silver champion, Adriano Araujo. Interesting little story. Adriano Araujo, very good amateur from Brazil. Beat Rose Volante, former world champion. Actually, she might not like me saying this, Believe gave Katie Taylor a standing count in their amateur match. Taylor won on points though. She beat Natasha Jonas in the amateurs as well. She beat a whole host of other quality fighters in the amateurs as well. I think she's 7-0 as a pro, punches really hard. Go and watch her on YouTube. This is going to be a war for the WBC world title for Chantel Cameron. Also on that card on October 4th, The Savage is back in action against Ireland's Niall Kennedy. Really good fight, really good heavyweight fight. Akib Fiaz fights Kane Baker, Finally. as promised. I said, I kept my word, that fight will happen. Now it's got an even better story. Linus Adolfi against John Harding Jr. For the, for the English middleweight title, really good fight. John Hedges, uh, amateur debut on that, and another fight to be added as well on that card. Um, do you want to talk about that card, or do you want me to move on to the next one? As in I feel like I'm a bit rusty here. No, you can carry it all. Okay. October 17 yeah. is the rescheduled April the 4th card mm -hmm. from Newcastle. Lewis Ritson will fight Miguel Vasquez and, unbelievably, Savannah Marshall will fight Hannah Rankin for the world middleweight title. How's that come about? Okay. So, Clarissa Shield, same thing as McCaskill, won the undisputed at 154, won the undisputed at 160. So... The WBO said to her, which one are you going to keep? And she said, I'll keep the 154. So the 160 becomes vacant. We applied to um, the WBO for Savannah Marshall to face Hannah Rankin. I think Hannah Rankin's fought three times for the world title now and boxed Clarissa Shields for the world title as well. Savannah Marshall against Hannah Rankin, England v Scotland for the world middleweight title. The winner fights Clarissa Shields. So that's the aim of that one. Kash Farouk will make his matchroom debut on the card. Kez Ashfak, um, um, Martin Ward on the card as well. Um, Joe Laws. Joe Laws on the card as well. Um, so that's Newcastle, October 17. And then we move on to November 21. Before you do, 17th will definitely take place Fans or no fans in Newcastle or not necessarily? Not necessarily. I want to do it in Newcastle actually, regardless of fans or no fans, but we may end up doing the 4th and the 17th in the same place, if that makes sense. Um, but the aim is to, to bring fans back. Listen, it's going to be a thousand for Newcastle, so the best we're going to do. But that's what we want to do October 17th. We will also have a show 
November 7 in the US, but November the 14th, we've got a big show being planned for the UK as well, which I will should actually be able to announce this week, to be honest, it's happening very quickly. What weights are involved? Um, oh, uh, uh, what's that one? Uh, um, it kind of gives it away, but it's multiple world title fights, and um, yeah, another big card on the 28th and the 5th as well. So, loads still happening, small part of it announced today, nice solid schedule, Onwards and upwards. 21st. Yes. November the 21st. Mm -hmm. um, give me the options of where you said Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, I'll ask where I'd like to do it, Royal Albert Hall. Um, but again, all subject to, I'm not going to the Royal Albert Hall with no fans. So if we can get fans, Royal Albert Hall, Wembley, they're two places that we're looking at for what. If you can't, it'll be. And we'll have to create something unique. Something. Yeah. Fight camp esque or yeah, fight. Listen, fight. I mean, I mean, I've done really well because I thought I'll pull down fight camp because the weather in September will be shit. It's only twenty eight degrees and sunny today, so that's gone well. Um, but I think it was time for fight camp. I think it's time to move on, do something different now, and that's what we're we'll planning for those shows. I just want to, I want to create something that you turn on the TV and go, either fuck me, that's the nuts, or what is this? Some of that kind of reaction. Do you know what I mean? Not, oh, where is that? That is boring. That's not what I want. I want you to be going, what has he done there? The geezer is off his suite. So, yeah, um, Frank and Ross are both actually on a little bit of a road trip at the minute, looking at various places and coming up with ideas. One thing we will be doing, which was a question you asked me when we were off camera, will you be creating a bubble? I'm not sure what the testing requirements will be once we get to that stage, but I will still be creating a bubble because I think that's what we should be doing to build the narrative, to tell the story, to improve the content of the show. So we will be creating another bubble and it is very likely that bubble trouble will return as well. So that's another, more, more fantastic news for fight fans. So if you create another bubble, mm -hmm. does this require everyone in the bubble to get tested for COVID? Depends on the requirements of the government. So if the government say, you don't have to test anymore, I'll just create a bubble. Anyway. Yeah, but what's the point of a bubble when people could effectively leave? Banter. That's it. Just for banter? Yeah, just purely for banter. Okay, fair enough. You know, you know me in terms of my style. It's 10% the sport of boxing, 90% banter. No, on a serious note though, it works well, doesn't it? The access to the fighters. It doesn't mean you'll be locked in your room in the same way. You can leave and go for a bite to eat, but we just need to create that kind of environment, I think, where we can tell stories, we can have fun, we can build up the occasion to fight night, you know? To be fair, that bubble situation is similar to some of your design events when we've been away, because mm -hmm. a lot of the time everything's in one place, isn't it? Yeah, but also, no one, like for you, you are, the bubble environment for you is very similar to your everyday life because, you know, it means that you can sit on your bed and eat crisps and veg in your pants. But also, pe you know, people aren't actively looking to spend time with you. So you find yourself just wandering around in this hazy bubble most times. So I think that for, for people like you, it was, it was, you know, it was, nothing's changed. Thanks. Um, okay, so... 
There's still a few details that need to be ironed out across these things, but initially... This well, is the only detail that needs to be is wet and fence. Yeah, but not old. You know, I don't want people to think this is a flaky announcement. Oh, well, we'll see. Yeah, that might not even happen. Fuck yeah, I'm telling you so. Done and dusted, all these cards. No fans, fans. Obviously, fans, touch. Brucey bonus. No fans, it is what it is. You know, we're not going to go, oh, we ain't got the money, you know, or don't get me wrong, we're having to go to fighters, we're having to duck and dive, we're having to do what we've got to do, but I'm not going to say, oh, we just can't do it and just see you next year or when fans come back. Yeah, you know, we've already done one pay-per-view event with no fans and it's done unbelievably well. So this one's going to be even bigger. So we're rolling the dice. So we'll continue to do so. Who could potentially feature on the undercard for a Povetkin right? We need we need another great card. You know, I feel like the last card was fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, the main reason being for that was um, Taylor Dassun. We need another big fight, um, and we need a really good card. You know, everyone's looking. You know, the, my, my, now we've got this done. You've got the AJ fight. Usyk Chizora, we're bubbling away with. Who knows where that's going to get to? But there's three, you know, we still have to overcome Callum Smith, Josh Warrington, Billy Joe Saunders. You know, they're really the three flagship guys now that we have to find a way to get out this year. You know, and to do that with no fans, particularly for someone like Josh Warrington, who sells bucket loads of tickets, is you, you roll the dice on pay-per-view or... You know, you take maybe a smaller fight or a tick over fight till you can go back and have fans back in the arena. You know, a lot of these guys, we said, look, November, fans will be back, we'll be back to normal. As the days pass, that looks less and less likely. So we have to collectively work together to make sure these fighters get paid, make sure they stay active, make sure they stay relevant. And, you know, we're doing that. We're ticking box by box by box, but we've still got a lot to tick. What's the fight limit on each card? Seven. Seven's fine. We only had five on... But really, a broadcast... A, 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 the ideal number, I think, for a broadcast is five. I'll drive Ed Robinson nuts because I end up putting on six, seven, sometimes 11 fights. But seven's more than enough. More than enough. And I think moving forward, I don't think you'll see more than seven. Well, you probably will because I've got too many to get out. But at the moment, we're capped at seven anyway. So if you look at the schedule... For let's look at the Boatsy fight, for example. At 7 pm, we will go Adolfi against John Harding Jr., English middleweight title. After that, we will go Fiaz against Baker. Then we will go Savage against Niall Kennedy. Then we will go Chantel Cameron for the world title. Then we will go Joshua Boatsy. That's just 7 till 11 right there. And we'll sling in John Hedges as a float as well, or something like that. You know, so really. The, the, you don't really need many more fights than that when you're broadcasting from well, Sky Sports box office will be 6pm to 11 so 7 fights I think for will be max for, for White Pavekington and, and from tomorrow you will know where the venue is uh, pretty much yeah, yeah. you may not know but certainly you will do in, I mean if, if we can't have fans then I'll say it doesn't matter to you where it is but you know we're not under pressure to get the announcement out there if we're allowed fans which we hope we'll find out tomorrow but certainly this week you will know straight away because we'll be saying right we've probably got a thousand tickets here and they're all going to go like that anyway so who's in for it? and I don't know how we're going to do it fight past members probably 
to... You have to obviously charge more for the tickets. No, 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 I don't think so. Well, it's, listen, mate, that's a, that's a dog move. No, don't get me wrong, if you're doing a VIP ticket for AJ Poo level, but if you're, if you're doing Boatsy, if you're doing um, Lewis Ritson, the ticket price is the same as you'd see in every situation. We, I'm not, a thousand tickets ain't gonna change our life. But that's more about, you know, for the bigger stuff, for the pay-per-view cards, you know, sometimes we can't do it without trying to get some ticket revenue in. But for Ritson and Vasquez and, you know, I mean, look, we'd do, we do 8,000 tickets for Ritson and Vasquez, Savannah Marshall, Hannah Rankin, et cetera, et cetera. And we might only be able to do 1,000. But it's not about, don't get me wrong, we're not turning a blind eye to the money 1,000 is going to generate, but at the same time, it's about bringing people back. It's about starting that process. Because if we don't start the process, we're the only boxing promoters who are actively speaking to the government to try and, you know, I, I feel like we've been almost tasked the responsibility to say, you're the guys who, who can bring this back safely. And we take that very seriously. So we're not gonna, you know, if it's not the right thing to do, we're not gonna do it. But we feel like now is the time and it, the process should begin with a small test event and we can show them how we can do it. So, AJ Pulev, mm. is there an issue with Team Pulev? Not really, no, we just, again, you know, you've gone from 60,000 fans at Spurs to potentially zero at the O2. So, you know, the deal and the structure of the deal and the way that it's worked changes for everybody. We're in a good place. I think next week we'll be able to give an announcement for December 12th. Hmm. I'll tell you now, I want to do it at the O2 Arena. I mean, that's, you know, and whether that's 2,000, 5,000 or 16,000, Hopefully the latter. Have you obviously explored zero fans there as well? As I said, whatever schedule we put out yeah. is not subject to Including fans. AJ Correct. Okay. Correct. So, Usyk and Chisora. Mm -hmm. um, we spoke to David Hatton and mm -hmm. Chisora today, and before, Chisora was very kind of anti wanting to fight behind closed mm -hmm. doors, but has now... Yeah, I think it's a difficult... I think it's a difficult one for Dell because we all know Dell buzzes off the O2, right? And the fans. I mean, you saw it in White Povetkin one. You saw it in White Povetkin. Sorry, uh, Chisora White one. Chisora White two. Chisora Takam. Chisora against Spilka. You know, and then you saw the flip side of that in Monaco in front of four hundred mm. against um, the European champion. Can't remember his name. So Caballero. So. He would have to find a way to get up for that, but the clock is ticking for fighters. And I don't mean that because Chisora is in the latter stage of his career, but any fighter that's out of the ring, you know, Del Boy's been out for a year now, right? Chisora, sorry, Usyk has been out of the ring for a year now, coming up. It's a long time. And it's all very well saying, oh, I'll wait for fans to come back. I'll wait for fans, when? You know, who knows? Could be another wave in November, December. All of a sudden, we're sitting here in February or March going, oh my God, might not get fans back to the summer. So what are you going to do? You know, you're going to try and find a way to progress your career, and that's what you've got to do. And I think with with Dell, I think they fancy that fight. I think, you know, David Hayes calling me all the time, get over the line. But we've gone from thinking we could get four or 5,000 into the O2 on October 31st to we're not even allowed to go to the O2 because they won't do a show there before the ATP tennis. So we're looking at Wembley again for that, but again, 
The maximum we're going to get for Usyk Chisora is a couple of thousand tops. So O2 is ruled out? For Usyk Chisora. Okay, so is your date, if it's going to happen this year, October 31st? Right? Yes. Okay. If Usyk Chisora doesn't happen on October 31st, we can't do it this year. Yeah. Is that and that's you why... Correct. Yeah, one on November 21, one on December 12th. So, you know, it's October 31st or January or February. And I think Usyk and Chisora both have, you know, will say now, Dell's been training non-stop for ages. Usyk's training, they're ready to go. You know, and I thought the fight was dead, to be honest with you, but after conversations yesterday with both sides, there is a, there is you know, a desire to try and find a way to get this done. Who's that? Don't know. You want to shut the door? It is shut. Is it? Oh, well. Wow. Um, okay. So there's so many. There's a big jigsaw. Lots yeah, of but that's that's in. the world we live in, isn't right. it? You know, I mean, no one has. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a boxing event. It could be the pub. It could be a booking in a restaurant. It could be your next holiday. It could be the kids' schools. Absolutely nothing is certain right now, other than you know, we're, we're cracking on and we're trying to make things happen. But we're actually doing things. We're not saying, oh, it's out of our hands, we can't really do anything. We're going ahead. And if it means losing money, again, we lose money. But we keep the momentum. And I'm pleased with what we're doing and we've got a lot more to come. Across the board, what's like the rough percentage of these fighters are actually losing by? It varies. It doesn't really affect um, your sort of British title, European title. What it affects is the headline acts that generate and the fights that generate a significant gate. Okay, so, you know, Usyk Chisora is a great example where that would have taken two million quid at the O2. How's that? You know, so what do we do about it? Okay, do we take, you know, less or nothing or stick a few quid in. Scott, are you on board? Do you want to help us out? Sponsors? Del Boy? Uh, Usyk? Do you want to take a bigger upside on the pay-per-view? Well, you know, we have to find a way, but the best way is honesty. It always is in business. You know, and the, the only benefit to this is the transparency of the situation. But in this situation, it's quite easy to say to the fighter, this is what we would have sold on the gate and it's no longer there. So what do you want to do about it? Do you want to wait? Or do you want to find a way to make it happen? And if that means an interim fight or a fight out of contract or something to keep your, the momentum of your career going, I've not yet met a fighter that isn't up for that conversation. Do you know what I mean? You know, no one wants to take less money. We're gonna, we're gonna earn a lot less money in this six month period than we were going to. It's fucking life, mate, deal with it. But we ain't gonna sit there. We're not gonna go, we'll just wait. So we wanna progress. Do you wanna progress? Do you want your continue to, your your career to progress? Do you want to improve as a fighter? We're all in this together. It's not you know it's not us trying to be clever and get a fighter to take less money. It's just the world we live in. So you sit tight and you wait, or you crack on and you find a way. And like I say, it's not really affecting the you know the guys who are on the smaller shows or the smaller purses. What it is affecting is the guys who could sell out arenas, the guys whose purses are there in relation to you know, the number of tickets they sell. And the fights, of course, that could generate X amount at the box office no longer work unless you're willing to take more of a gamble on the pay-per-view or the broadcaster's willing to give up more, more ground on the splits or anything like that. But it's your job, my job, to find a way. 
to sit down with the managers and the fighters and say, come on, let's try and get creative. Um, okay, moving on from here. Uh, it's Canelo situation mm. with Desire and Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya. Mm -hmm. What is your understanding of this situation? I mean, there's clearly a dispute, you know, and um, I guess the, the Canelo and Golden Boy situation has been uh, unsteady for a while now, and this is the culmination of that. I don't know the ins and outs. It's quite sad to see when anything ends up in court. You know, I've, I've never been personally in a, in a courtroom situation with a fighter, and I don't expect to ever be there, to be honest with you. Um, but they have to resolve it, you know, and, and it's important that it's resolved for Canelo's career. I want to see him back in the ring. Listen, I want him to fight our guys. So hopefully they can find a resolution. Um, How's this affecting DAZN though? I mean, I think that, you know, DAZN probably have a, an opinion that um, they want him to be in marquee fights. I think they wanted him to fight Gennady Golovkin for a long time now. Um, and, you know, they'll have their strategy behind this as well. How does it affect them? They want Canelo Alvarez to fight. You know, he's a big part of the schedule on design. But, you know, they've got their reasons for standing firm. And it's, it's not financial. It's, you know, more a point of principle of, of what they believe in. So, again, that's for them to all figure out. I'm happy that I'm over this side and say, you lot crack on in court. You know, I'm just going to go and, you know, do my thing. So, but whilst the schedule, which is, you know, October, November... Um, to be announced probably in the next seven days. We've got some strong fights. We do want, we all collectively want Canelo Alvarez to fight because he's, you know, he's a big part of, like I said, of the design schedule. The, the stuff that we read from Dan Raphael about this premium opponent mm -hmm. and some of the names they listed, is that accurate or? I, I would think that um, if those guys were in the mix to fight Canelo, I know that there was talks um, don't know when, about Canelo actually fighting an MMA guy. It wasn't that one day these guys were just plucked from the sky, but those conversations, I think, were ongoing for a while. And yes, DAZN would have absolutely accepted those guys. They're huge um, subscribe, subscriber driven, subs revenue driver, or subscriber driven, driven, driven fucking other driven, driven uh, events. So, but I, yeah, that's a big fight. But I don't, look, I think. You know, without going too deeply into it, I think this probably all stems from the fact that Canelo didn't fight Gennady Golovkin. And that was what people anticipated, let's just say. So, um, and, you know, right now, I hope he fights Billy Joe Saunders or Callum Smith. I don't believe he'll fight. It, one thing I believe is that everybody wants him to fight this year. Right? So, if that can happen... And I don't think it'll be November 14th now. Then I believe it'll be Callum Smith or Billy Joe Saunders. But we can't hold our breath for that. So I hope he fights again this year. And if he manages to beat one of those two, he should fight Gennady Golovkin next May. Okay, so just picking that back up on Billy Joe and Callum Smith. Mm -hmm. So I mean, Billy Joe's been tweeting for the last week or so mm -hmm. that fight news pending. Mm -hmm. um, we're assuming that Canelo isn't going to fight. Um, Callum Smith or Billy Joe for um, that day? For November 14th, I think, I think that's unlikely. But, I mean, I know that everybody's working 
towards Canelo fighting this year. So if he fights one of our guys, great. Callum Smith-Billy Joe is a good example of a fight where, you know, that's going to do great numbers at Manchester Arena, great numbers at the O2. So, you know, do they want to roll the dice on pay-per-view? Is there a pay-per-view slot for that fight? You know, it's difficult to do. I think you're more likely to see Billy Joe or Callum taking a fight in November and fighting each other in as early as February or March next year in a unification fight when things do get back to normal. Um, so I'm hoping that Canelo picks one of those guys. You know, that's what I'd like. Um, What's Billy Joe's mandatory situation? Is it Zach Parker? Yeah, that's, you know, I think right now, you know, he'll take this fight and then again, that, that mandatory will present itself soon. Um, whether that's next year, whether that's next summer, wherever that's going to be. But again, you know, I feel like, I just feel that the governing bodies really have to just think carefully about the mandatory situations. I know that it's easy when you've got a champion and there's a mandatory for a fight that makes no commercial sense to say, oh, these mandatories are a joke. You know, you saw Bob Arum do it when he was talking about the franchise championship. But when you've got a mandatory challenger, you're pushing for that spot, aren't you? Saying, oh, my guy's the mandatory. But I just feel that in this climate, you've just got to be a little bit careful because if it's difficult to be able to stage a fight like uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith, when are you going to be able to stage a fight like Billy Joe Saunders and a mandatory, no disrespect to Zach Parker or whoever that main mandatory may be, that doesn't have any value? Do you understand? And, and we've just got to make sure they, those fights happen when you can get a good payday for the mandatory challenger or there is a demand for that kind of fight. So um, I think really, you know, I'm talking at the moment about Billy Joe fighting potentially end of November and I think Callum Smith around that same time. I'd love them to fight each other, but it has to be on box office. And and quite honestly, you know, to get the numbers both guys would want for that fight, they either have to roll the dice on pay-per-view or they have to wait for a crowd. So it's unlikely that Smith will fight Saunders this year? I think so, being totally honest. You know, so I just I just can't, unless both guys want to roll the dice on it. And, and, and to be honest, like my advice to them probably wouldn't even be to do that. My advice would be, look, have a defence. You haven't boxed for a year, either of you, right? Have a solid defence of your world title and then fight each other in February or March. Which kind of, I suppose, makes sense. I think so. But again, it doesn't make sense to people watching this because they might say, fuck, you know, I don't... But I'm just... I always try and give you the truth and I try and give you... Lay it out in black and white of what is happening. And I just don't see... You know, with a potential Usyk Chizora, with White Povetkin with Joshua against Pulev, where does that pay-per-view sit? Where does that sit with no gate? And, you know, you guys haven't boxed for a year. I'm hoping that that problem gets taken away and Canelo comes in and goes, Billy Joe, Callum Smith, you know, and then we'll work it out from there. But again, it goes back to keeping guys active. Some fighters are keener than others to make sure they stay active, you know? Some are prepared to wait. And, and we'll be having individual conversations and case-by-case case conversations with all those people. Again, honesty, honesty is, is the best way, you know, and, and point it out in black and white to everyone and try and find a way to keep moving. Can you give me two potential opponents that each of them could face? Uh, Billy Joe? And Cole Smith. I mean, if you're looking from a UK level, yeah. which is a lot easier to do at the moment, yeah. 
John Ryder, Rocky Fielding, Martin Murray, Zach Parker. You know, I mean, they're the, the for Billy Joe for both. Right. You know, it's the same. The the so you could do off. You know, I mean, these are guys in the top fifteen. Listen, I, I want it for Callum Smith. One thing we're pushing towards is if Canelo doesn't fight Yildirim, Callum Smith should fight Yildirim in a unification fight. What would be a two belt fight? Because Callum Smith has wanted to fight the WBC title for a long time. He's been the Diamond Champion forever. You know, at the convention, he was told that Yildirim would be the mandatory, and he's effectively the next mandatory. So therefore. If Yildirim doesn't fight Canelo, Yildirim should fight Callum Smith. So that's something we're pushing towards as well. But again, waiting on that, and he's waiting on that, and we're waiting on that. So, um, yeah. With the WBC, I see has Dillian Watt been dropped out to number five? I think so, yeah, I heard that. I haven't seen the rankings, but I think Wilder's won. As far as you know, if Mm -hmm. he wins this rematch, Mm -hmm. is his mandatory status and everything just as it was pre 23rd. Yeah, I mean, that was... Listen, Alexander Povetkin is the mandatory um, challenger. Now, when that gets called is another conversation. But if Dillian White beats Alexander Povetkin, he becomes the mandatory. He's the number one challenger. I mean, he's the interim world champion. So, um, big fight. Big fight, big night for him. When that gets called, of course, he will be pushing for that to be instated immediately. That's another conversation, but we'll be supporting that as well. What about um, Dave Allen? And not necessarily together, but Dave Allen, Huey Fury, mm-hmm. these guys, what, what's going on? I'd still like that fight, to be honest with you. I'm going to probably put that fight together. I saw, was it your interview or someone's interview where Huey said he He's weren't interested in that fight anymore? Well, if that's the case, so be it. But, you know, you've got Martin Bacoli who's going to be fighting uh, probably on that card. I'd like to see Martin Bacoli against Huey Fury. Um, obviously you've got the Kuzmin fight could be rescheduled as well I want to see Dave Allen fighting um, so yeah I think you're going to see both those guys both those guys will fight this year it's just a case of when that 14th show mm-hmm. that you're talking about um, does it feature any heavyweights on that? no no great question then why? not there why did you say that? No, I was wondering if it was in the heavyweights. Because oh, no. I know he was planning on doing some heavyweight... Well, I think, looking at the Dillian White card, I think there will be four or five heavyweight fights on that card. To be honest. Okay. Kel Brook mm-hmm. and Terence Crawford? Close, yeah. Um, to be honest, like, so I haven't been involved with it, but I've kind of left um, a lot of the discussions on their side. Spoke to Kel's dad yesterday. Spoke to Aaron about it on Sunday. You know, we won't have any involvement in the respect of it's unlikely that Kel will have the UK TV. Obviously, it's in America. Obviously, it's on ESPN. So, but we're there to 100% support him. I want him to get the fight. He's training hard. Um, People are writing him off, but Kel Brook can fight, you know, and he's got a lot of fire in his belly, Kel. And I think that there are a lot of lost years with Kel Brook if that makes sense. And I think he knows that. And I think he's got the bit between the teeth to try and do something special in the back end of his career. And it's a very, very tough fight, you know, especially at £147 for Kel. But he can really fight. And, you know, I spoke to um, his dad. We're a million percent behind him. Uh, I think that fight will get over the line for November 14th as well. And, um, you know, don't rule him out of that fight. You know, I think for me, Terence Crawford is 
pound for pound one of the best fighters in the world. But like I said, Kel can fight and uh, we'll be behind him every step of the way. The board ordered some fights uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously notably for you, Jenkins yeah, and Bain yeah. was on there. Um, but also Riappor and Dion Juma. Yeah. Um, Tennyson against Liam Walsh. Mm-hmm. Jordan Gill and Reese Mock. Can you fit these? Yeah, in? I think a lot of them are good fights. I like it when the boy. You know, sometimes, like I said, when you go back to a, a mandatory shot, it can sometimes be an obscure mandatory. But with domestic fights, they're always interesting, aren't they? I think for a lot of them, you have to decide: Do you want to? You know, is that a fight you want to be in with, or do you want to take a risk to do something at another level? Do you know what I mean? And I look, Jenkins Ben. Yeah, you know, we're all in on that fight. There'll be a purse bid. We'll win or lose the purse bid, and that fight, you know, should take place. We've tried to make that fight for months. Chris Jenkins was very happy with the offer. Um, you know, they wouldn't let it, the fight happen. So unfortunately, everyone gets delayed four months, and we have to get a purse bid. But it is what it is. Fights like um, uh, Reactpour against Juma, good fight. But Reactpour is also, I think, top five now in the world. And you know, people are bubbling around talking about world title eliminators and stuff like that. I like the fight, I think it's a good fight, but do you fight Juma for the British title or do you fight a world title eliminator? You know, to get yourself in a position to fight maybe Gulamarin, maybe a Coley if he wins the world title, etc. You know? Tennyson against Liam Walsh, same thing. You know, we said James Tennyson weren't gonna stay around British title level, but actually him against Liam Walsh is a good fight. So I quite like that fight. Jordan Gill, Reese Mould, same thing. Jordan Gill would quite like to fight for the European title or have a, a big fight, but again, a domestic British title fight is all, always interesting. So I think all of those fights have potential to get made, but certainly the ones, well, the one that you'll definitely see get made is Ben against Jenkins. Do you still have your doubts about Wilder fighting this year or not? I just, I just don't understand why it's gone so quiet. Like, I... I've said a few times because I've almost um, wanted to. Uh, I've almost wanted to see Wilder come out and say, "Right, all these people talking shit about me, thinking I'm not going to take the rematch. I'm taking a rematch. It's mine. I'm winning my belt back. Let's go." But I haven't seen one interview, one article, one statement from him to say that. He hasn't got to do that, by the way. Do what he wants. But you know what? Do you not think it's a bit weird? And Fury's goaded him a couple of times, hasn't he? Mm. Right, you dosso, where are you hiding? Nothing. So, I don't know. I mean, Aaron was talking about February or March now, but now he's changed his tune saying December 19th. So, I hope that fight happens this year because, you know, I've been, not negotiating with Bob, but over the last couple of weeks, me and Bob have been talking about Fury against Joshua, and I think we're ready to go to contracts on that now and make it official, I really do. But it's very uncertain until we know what Fury's doing in December, January or February. Hopefully he can fight in December, hopefully they both win and then we can make the fight for the spring. When you say go to contracts, mm-hmm. obviously AJ's got his pool left, why are you talking about? But we can sign a contract now. Right. We can sign a contract subject to them both winning. It's not a problem. And I think, you know, again, talking to Bob, I think everyone's on the same page. Okay. 
likelihood of that as well. Which one? Likelihood of contracts being signed. Before. Well, they they should be. I mean, we've got we've got to sign them before we fight. So, and I'm I'm certain this fight takes place. I really am. You know, if they can both win, I'm certain this fight takes place next year. Certain. Not oh, we don't want it. They're trying. No, no one's fucking slow playing nothing. No, it's on. The fight's on. The only we've put it in writing to them. We confirm this deal. We're ready to move forward and sign. We never got nothing back, by the way. But I trust the people that I wrote to to say, yeah, we're on board as well. You know, so I think everyone's on board. It's only the uncertainty of the world we're in at the moment, and also uncertainty of we're fighting December twelfth. That's when we're fighting. When are you fighting? Let me know, and we'll we'll get our contracts done. What's the biggest issue after obviously the financial? Aspect of um, been just, I guess, you know, what, what's the status of, we know AJ's exclusive to Sky, is Tyson, does he have a first, last matching agreement, whatever, can we share the broadcast on that, I'm open to any of that discussion, DAZN in America, ESPN in America, how does that work, uh, venue to be agreed, and that's it, I don't, you know, we've agreed that this, the money for the first fight and the money for the second, so that's the main thing. Sky and BT. Sky BT and the American broadcast, but no. Honestly, don't see an issue. Right, listen, what what are we that promoters? We're supposed to be, aren't we? Like ruthless, money hungry. Like, well, is there a bigger fight in world boxing? Absolutely not. How much money are there in these two fights? Hundreds of millions of dollars. So you can't have it one way. One minute on. A money grabbing arsehole, and then the other hand, I'm actually, I don't want the fight. Please, come on. What do you think I want? I want the money and the glory and the success. And all three of those come from that fight because he will knock Tyson Fury out. Um, Chuck Ann Peters mm -hmm. and Craig Richards. Yeah, I think that's November 4th. I think it's a good move for Craig. You know, I think he got an offer for that fight. I think he needs. To take a fight like that, you know, obviously drew with Chad Sugden, and you know we were looking at some bigger fights before the pandemic hit, and I think they would have been the right fights for him. But I think this is a good fight, and I think um, you know that's the natural step to move from domestic level onwards, which, which where he wants to be. Um, Gary Russell and Devin Haney, what's mm. the latest on that? Oh, I'm going really. I mean, Bill's Bill Haney's a character. Devin's a character. Everyone's winding each other up. We just ain't really got any time to muck around anymore. So, you know, I saw Gary Russell saying, um, oh, you said it's subject to DeZone and Eddie Hearn approving the fight. Well, obviously we approved the fight. Do you know what I mean? But Bill went ahead as our co-promoter and made the offer to him and said, obviously subject to DeZone and Eddie Hearn approving. Of course we approve, it's a great fight. But we haven't got time to wait. So they either sign the contract or we fight Eurokis Gambala, probably. And that'll fall on November 7th. There'll be an announcement this week. And listen, if we can't do the Gary Russell fight now, we're up for that fight in February or March, you know, or more likely the winner of Ryan Garcia against Luke Campbell for Devin Haney, which is a huge fight. Yeah, what's the latest on that? Waiting on a date from Golden Boy. Um, I believe it's uh, scheduled for December or late November and just waiting on confirmation. We've signed a contract. Luke Campbell signed a contract. Golden Boy have returned it. So fight's on. What's up with Callum Johnson? Uh, still due to fight for the European title. That could find its way on the um, Dillian White card as well. Good fight. And then I want to make Boatsy against Johnson for the European title. Mm. Great fight. Mm. Bombs away, old boy. Mm. 
Um, and a Cody still AJ card. He's yeah. fighting Glowacki for the world title on the AJ card. Okay. All right. Well, I think uh, we've. Thanks, mate. Got enough out of you today. Have you got anything else you'd like to? Uh, no, not really. Um, what else have we got? Oh, the book. The book goes on sale. Twenty-eight. I've got to say, right? Rented. What's it called? No. Rented. <laughs> Relentless. Relentless. Rented. I've got to say, right? Um, you know, you know, I'm a low-key kind of guy. Yeah. It's doing really well on the pre-sale, right? If you can continue to support this book, I think we're going to make the Sunday Times bestsellers list. When you say we, you mean you? No, because it's not me, it's we. We are as one. And I've got to Have say you got as well, a copy here? Uh, no. Okay. I've got to say, it's really, really good. It's really good. I've read it now about three times because I've got the first draft, read it, made some changes, um, and, I, and I, it's like, the best way to describe it is, it's a motivational business book, but with storytelling of a lot of things that have happened in my life along the way to get to where we're at. A lot of boxing related stuff, a lot of ups and downs, things you might know, things you might not know, but it's how those moments have shaped my career and what I've learned. And there's a lot of talk about success and what that is and life and happiness. But there's also a lot of talk about negotiating, um, you know, the importance of a team, um, you know, being motivated, hard work, relentlessness. It's, it's, you know, again, obviously I'm going to say it, but it's really good. And you can pre-order it now from Amazon or you can get a signed copy at WHM. I don't think there's many of those left. Um, can we just collectively try and make this number one? Because I think it would be really fun. Should we collectively line your pockets up? It's already done, really. Oh, yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not really. I mean, look, I don't get me wrong. If it goes to number one and we sell loads of copies, yeah, I might make a few quid. But um, it's you know, I think I think they'll. Be, I think we should have a sizable. If we can get up to the number one, I think we should have a sizable charity donation as well yeah. from me for that. But I genuinely think, and I think now more than ever, it's an important read. You know, about how you approach your business, how you approach your mindset, but also a reflection of the pandemic to talk about what is happiness. Because in the past, I have thought that success will bring happiness. And that couldn't be more wrong, really. Don't you agree? I absolutely agree. Like, the more views you get, the happier you will be. In a way. I mean, actually, when I think about it, yeah, for you, that is your happiness, isn't it? The views. But in a way, to me as well, sorry to go deep on this, if I, if I do a good show, I'm happy. If your numbers are good. Yeah, I'm happy because I feel like I've achieved something, but it doesn't, you know, there's got to be a more rounding understanding of what happiness is in your life. And I think that the pandemic has done it. And actually, what I've liked about this book is, it's kind of like I'm having a conversation with you, not you, but the reader, and I'm talking honestly about, it's quite deep, I mean I sort of go into my mind a little bit of you know, what I'm really thinking, things that you might not expect to be in my character or what I may have thought in the past or the reason I did things when I was younger that I didn't actually realise until now, do you know what I mean?
because I have a great podcast as well, BBC podcast, No Passion, No Point, this is coming uh, next week. Done a great one with Lampard. Great one with Virgil van Dijk as well, Gary Lineker, Anthony Middleton, Maya Jama. Yeah, Lampard, Lampard's a great one because it's quite funny because at school, he was Frank Lampard's son. And I was Barry Ern's son. I don't think we really liked each other. He was in a year above me, but I think he thought I was a bit of a prick, and I thought he was a bit of a, bit of a prick as well. Yeah, mm, kind of. But I didn't really want him. And I, I write about this in the book. I didn't really want him to succeed. And there's a chapter in the book, or part of a chapter in the book, and it says, motivate, don't hate. And when I was younger, I didn't really want people to succeed. And as I kind of felt a bit embarrassed writing about it in the book. I think I've said this before on, on camera where, even if I was part of a team, I would always want to get more runs if I was playing cricket than a teammate. Do you know what I mean? So if I got 30 and he got out for 26, even if it meant that the team might not go and get victory, I've got the most runs. Now, I don't know if that was just being a sport prick or that was just a competitive instinct. But over time, I think that was probably because I was insecure because I had a chip on my shoulder because I was just Barry Earn's son, you know? And when you get, there's another chapter in a book called Play the Hand You're Dealt. And that's about accepting where you start from, you know? But almost like drawing a blank canvas on something and say, this is where I am in my life. So don't worry about how you've got here. Don't worry about, oh, I've not been very lucky there or, or I've had a right touch there. And with me, whenever I post stuff about the book, you will always get 25% of people going, well, it's fucking easy when your old man's rich. Yes, I had a leg up. But it's not easy to create a name for yourself off the back of your own achievements. That's been my biggest challenge. And I think when I was younger, I kind of like, I didn't know at the time, but that was, you know, I kind of resented that at one stage I would use it to my advantage. Yeah, I'm Barry Hanson, yeah. Well, I used to walk around everyone telling me I was Barry Hanson. You know, when I went to Havering College, no mates. Oh, do you, do you like boxing? Yeah, do you know Barry Hanson? Yeah, it's my dad. Because, you know, but actually it was probably an insecurity of, I don't think that I thought that I could come out of that shadows. And that's my work ethic is to create something for myself. That's why I'm so driven. But it's very difficult to do that as someone who was brought up in a wealthy family. There's actually not many people who have been brought up with a silver spoon, like I have, granted, and cringe turned it gold or have outperformed their father and I believe I outperformed it and I've only just got started do you know what I mean so that's my drive and it goes very deep into that into the book that's why I have so much respect for Frank Lampard now because he was a guy that when he joined West Ham he wasn't really that good do you remember right chubby kid wasn't he and I think one of the things, you know, he was disappointed that West Ham was his family and he got a real hard end of the stick when he went there, didn't he? People saying, oh, you're only here because you're old man. You're... And I had that all throughout growing up as well. Even like, I only stopped probably 10 years ago or less than that. Even when I started in boxing. Oh, he's coming to boxing because you're old man. Oh, yeah. So you're fighting against that the whole time. You want to make a name for yourself. And look at what Lampard done. Unbelievable. And I said to him in the podcast, how did you go from, a, like, a, not an average young player, but, like, to 
an absolute England great, wasn't it? Chelsea great. Chelsea great. And he talked about the things that he worked on that he felt like he could have could affect. So he said, oh, I was never going to be someone who dribbled the ball at speed and you know, roared through the, the defence. But I was someone that could improve my engine, get into that box in the last 10 minutes, score more goals than other midfielders, you know, be able to pass the ball better. And it was, it was really fascinating. And I think for all the times growing up where I didn't really want people to succeed, I've gone completely the other way. Completely the other way. Still got rivalries, but I actually get a kick out of seeing people do well. Do you know what I mean? I like it. I like to see people achieve and be happy and actually create a success for themselves. Lots of examples. You're one of them. Wankface. Um, Tom Sweeney, you know, who makes my clothes. School, school friend of mine. Went to his new um, you know, headquarter townhouse the other day. It's the bollocks, you know. Really pleased for him. I wish, I wish well and success on everybody. And I think... I think that's good for karma, don't you? It is good for karma. That's why sometimes we'll respond to people, I probably shouldn't have, like DMs and stuff like that. You know, you are an arsehole, you're only here because you're old man, you're a prick. And I just go, mate, come on, where's that getting you? You know, what's the point? What's the point? That's only going to give you the ump, isn't it? You've got the ump over something. Don't have the arm. Try and use that. Positive. I was just going on a deep one there. No, your fucking memory run out or whatever it was. Yeah, but um, that was it really. Yeah, just thought I'd end with that. So, you know, the, the moral of that story is relentless 28th of October, but available for pre-sale now. Quite proud actually to have written a book. It's only dropped to fiver. It's not dropped to fiver. People sell it at different price points. Oh. Mate, there'd be no dropping at that price. Um, have you got one for me? No, it's not been, literally, it went right, to print this week. Give me a copy? Of course, I'll sign one for you no, as well. Do you know what? Don't give me one. No, but I'll write something nice. I know, but I'm going to buy one. Good. I'll Can you it. all buy one? Can we just I'll go to the conscious. top of the list? Because I, I think that would be quite I'll major. I'm quite proud. It's good. It's not written about it, anyway. It's not every day that happens. It's not written about me, I've written it. It's my words, mate. Of course. You go for it. I've written it. You know, I don't have a ghost. I know. Sorry, I'm not a ghost writer. I have a ghost writer. Yeah, but every word in there is my words. It's not like some geezer just wrote it and said this is, you know. What do you think about this, Eddie? No, but you'll see. You'll see when you read it. You know I wrote it because you'll you'll notice it. Okay. But it's it's um. Yeah, I think it's really good. Okay. What are you laughing at? <laughs> 15 minutes talking about your book. That's right. It's great, it's great. Well, I spent an hour talking about the book, you know, my writers yeah, no, and the shows. No, right. let, me, let me give them the, yeah. the book a little bit of coverage. 100%, 100%. Swipe up? To, oh no, we're not on that, are we? Uh, How's life for you? Alright. Yeah? Total blow. You happy? Uh, That's not the, you know. Right this minute or in my life in general? It's two different questions. Yeah. How long you got to the, the baby's born? Five months. Oh, mate. Get ready, mate. Get ready. Five months. Make the most of it, though, because it does pass you by. My eldest is 11 in a couple of weeks. Amazing. 11? I know. 
It only seems like yesterday when she was on my shoulder. I was walking up and down, up and down. Please stop crying, please. This is all you, you've got to come. I used to sleep in my room and we had the cot there, yeah? And I would hold on to the cot while I was asleep and go like this to try and get her to sleep. Hours, mate, hours. Good luck. On that note, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to fucking 39 now, mate. That time. Edward, thank you very much for your time, as always. And uh, Thank you. And, and, you know, I know I say it, but... Thank you. Thank you. Amazon, WH Smith. It's available now. Sorry. So, 19 or 40 right now? Some place, I don't know. I think they sell it to retailers and it's up to you, mate. Whatever you want. Whatever you want to price it at, it's up to you, geezer. No worries. Edward, thank you very much. And, uh, no problem, mate. Catch you soon. Look forward to it. Struggling with debt? Bills? Loans? Credit cards? Need a way out? Knock your debt out. With Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt matters. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.